but I'm just a rock chick. I would describe my music and my sound as Avril Lavigne. The best damn thing. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Best Damn Avril Lavigne podcast, a facts and trivia-based podcast about Canadian pop singer Avril Lavigne. I'm your host, Andrea DeFrancesco. Before we begin today's episode, let's first run through the major events and highlights that have happened since our previous episode. On July 6th, Avril joined the new social media app Threads. On July 9th, Beatbox Beverages announced a sweepstakes to win an Avril prize pack, including her special edition pink lemonade plus a stereo commemorative laminate, sweatsuit, and gloves. On July 14th, the sick kick remix of Eyes Wide Shut was released. The second verse by Avril was removed and replaced with new lyrics and vocals by sick kick. The same day, an interview was published by TPI Magazine with Avril's lighting director, Jake Rober, who discussed how he created the visuals for the Love Socks tour. On July 16th, Avril's former co-writer Evan Taubenfeld posted a picture on Instagram of a demo CD intended for Josh Sarubin, Avril's A&R rep at Arista Records during her first two albums. The handwritten tracklist was labeled New Roughs, referring to rough cuts of demos, and included three songs, the eventual Under My Skin lead single Don't Tell Me, plus two unreleased tracks, Priceless and Understand Me. Evan then wrote in a tweet, I'm pretty sure, you'd have to double check with Av, but Understand Me became Push and Priceless was and still is a banger. It is unknown why Evan shared this photo. Fans began speculating the possibility of an anniversary edition of Under My Skin may be in the works for next year, and they were potentially gathering old demos to use for bonus tracks. And on July 19th, Avril's performance with Miranda Lambert at CMA Fest this past June aired as part of a primetime concert special on ABC. So it's actually a really funny coincidence that Evan posted that picture of the Under My Skin demos because that just acts as a perfect segue into today's topic, which I'm calling Avril from the Vault. And I'm very excited to do this episode because I've had plans for this episode for probably a couple of years, actually, because I started planning all of my episode topics a couple of years ago. That was when I started the podcast. And I came up with this idea. It's basically inspired by Taylor Swift and what she's doing with her re-recordings. And so for people who are not familiar with the situation about Taylor and what she's doing with the re-records, just as a little like a brief summary, um, Taylor has decided that she wants to be able to own the master recordings to all of her previous albums. And so she's going back and re-recording some of her old music so that she can own the, not just own the compositions. She are, she already does own the compositions, but she's trying to own the actual recordings themselves. And so in order to further devalue the originals, she's tacking on some extra songs that she calls from the vault. Um, they're previously unreleased songs that didn't make the final cut of the album. And so that's just like kind of a further incentive for people to listen to the new version, which she calls Taylor's version. And so basically once Taylor started doing that and I was in the middle of planning this podcast, I thought that would be a really fun episode idea is like not like necessarily if Avril were to do the same thing because I don't think Avril would ever necessarily re-record her old music but I do think it would be fun to think about if Avril were to ever go back and release previously unreleased songs like maybe as part of a compilation album or an EP or possibly anniversary editions of her albums as she did with the Let Go anniversary edition and it looks like there may possibly be an Under My Skin anniversary edition in the works as well. The fact that Taylor has just recently put out Speak Now, Taylor's version earlier this month, this is her third of six re-recordings. And so that was kind of like what inspired me to finally do this episode. Like I've been waiting for quite a while to do this episode and I didn't know when exactly would be the right time. And I thought, you know, the fact that this is Taylor's third re-recording project and it's been doing really well and it just came out. And so I kind of thought, you know, this is the topic, like one of the major topics that is being talked about in the music industry right now is artist rights and being able to own their work and things like that. And it's a really big topic of conversation and especially the way that Taylor is going about doing it and how it's such a large scale project. Um, I just thought like this is the perfect time for me to finally do this topic. And I hope that everybody else, you know, finds it fun and interesting to talk about. So the general concept or idea of this episode is what if Avril were to release previously unheard songs from each of her current seven albums? Which songs would they be? Which songs would do we think they would be or would we want them to be? And if you would like to play along at home and kind of make your own list, the general rules are that the songs have to be previously unreleased. So not necessarily unheard because we have gotten a lot of leaked songs, like especially from the Let Go album and more recently from like Head Above Water and Love Sucks. So we have gotten quite a lot of leaked songs. So it's it's okay if they've been leaked, they are still eligible because that did happen with Taylor as well, that some of her vault tracks were previously leaked demos before. 
But the songs that wouldn't be eligible are songs that have been released as bonus tracks. Like, for example, I Don't Give, Why, Get Over It, Falling Down, Makeup was put on the 20th anniversary edition of Let Go. So that's been released. Or like, I Always Get What I Want, Take It Alone, I Will Be. Those were all released as bonus tracks on like deluxe editions or anniversary editions of the albums. And so those would not be eligible because they're not unreleased. And there also can basically only be a maximum of six songs per album. And the reason why I decided to do it that way is because that basically seems to be the way that Taylor has been doing it, at least so far for her three re-recordings that she's done. There seems to be basically only six songs that are actually from the vault. And I think that's just because of like an issue of room because physically on CDs and vinyls, you can only like physically fit so many songs. And so I think that's why she's limiting it to six. I don't know if she'll change that for the other re-recordings if she'll eventually like, you know, expand it from six. But for now, this is what I have to go by. This is like the format or the model that we have to go by. And so I was just choosing to keep it the same and say a maximum of six songs per album. And also I think by doing that, then it makes it a little, a little bit more challenging. Like you have to be a little bit more discerning with which songs you decide to put on. And then the other thing is that there must be at least two featured artists. So the other thing that Taylor has been doing to kind of add some value or some incentive or interest to these re-recordings is that she has been featuring collaborations with other artists. So sometimes she's been picking legacy artists, like artists that she grew up listening to that she's been inspired by, or current or up and coming artists that she is maybe like friends with, or she just really likes their sound, thinks it would be good for this particular song. Um, or they might have been a part of the era in some way, like if they toured together or something like that. And the, the featured artists are on the vault tracks only. So because most of these songs, we haven't heard them, there's no way of knowing like who would be good for what song without actually hearing them. So I didn't go that far to say, like I just picked, you know, which artists I think would be good um, to be to be on the vault tracks, but I didn't actually go so far as to choose which song I think they would be on. But if you want to add that part onto your list as well, you can totally do that. And then the last thing is, like with Red Taylor's version, Avril can also record songs that were previously given to other artists. So, for example, Taylor released her versions of Better Man, which was given to Little Big Town, and Babe, which was given to Sugarland. These do not count as part of the vault because, like I said, they're not actually unheard songs if they were covered by other or given to other artists. Um, they're basically just Taylor's versions of the songs. And so in that case, um, if Avril were to do versions of songs that she gave to other artists, they're not unheard. They're just what I'm going to call Avril's version. The way that I came up with my choices, they're mainly based on either songs that we know of from Avril herself or maybe her collaborators and then various sources online like news articles or Avril's ASCAP song registration page. So without further ado, let's get into it. This is Avril from The Vault. Starting with Let Go, the first song that I chose was Can't Stop Thinking of You, which is the first song that Avril ever wrote around about age 12 or 13. And the reason I chose it is because it's the first song she ever wrote. She did sing a little bit of it during an, a random radio interview in 2002 that you can go on YouTube and check out to kind of hear a bit of, a bit of what it sounds like. Um, it's definitely quite underdeveloped in terms of the song, right? Like, obviously, we know she can definitely write better songs now than like like a song she wrote when she was 12. Um, but I, I still think it would be such a cool full circle moment to have like the very first song that she wrote on her first album. And then I also picked Let Go, the title track, because even though we did get a leaked version of the song, I just think we have to have a proper release of the, the literal title track of the album. And I know that some people were expecting it to be on the 20th anniversary edition of the album and they were disappointed that it wasn't included. It definitely was, I think, a missed opportunity to include it. And like, I just don't know how, how they never ended up up releasing the literal title track of the album so that would be a must to include on the vault i also picked a couple of other matrix co-writes by the light of the moon and face to face so i just got these titles from her ascap registration page but we don't know anything else about the songs we just know that the matrix were co-writers and if you remember the matrix helped her write songs like complicated skater boy i'm with you and a bunch of other songs on the record so i just think it would be really interesting to hear what else they came up with because obviously they were big contributors to that album and those were the main hits from that album and then I also picked a Peter Zizzo co-write called Don't Mind Me which I also got off of her ASCAP registration page so Peter Zizzo is really interesting because she worked with him very very early on in the process like long before she ever even actually got a record deal which is crazy she went on a trip to New York City and met up with him at his studio and they were basically supposed to work on a demo together and that's when they wrote the song Why together and then Ellie Reed came to hear her sing and that's when he signed her to Arista and then that's when she started teaming up with these other songwriters and then eventually with The Matrix and everything so Peter Zizzo kind of got almost like not like forgotten about but he kind of got 
you know, he was an early collaborator that ended up, I think, getting kind of pushed to the wayside in favor of collaborators like The Matrix, which happened later on. And only one of their songs, I mean, Y made it on as a bonus track, but only one of their songs actually made the final cut of the album, which was Nobody's Fool. And so I just think in general, it would be, it would be really interesting to hear what else they came up with together. And then the last song that I picked is a song called Tired of Being Cool, which is a co-write with Kurt Frasca. So Kurt Frasca also wrote with this other woman named Sable Breer. I'm not sure how you say her name, if it's Sable or Sable. I think it's Sable Breer. Um, they wrote a couple of songs with Avril on the Let Go album. But it's interesting that this song is just him without the other woman. And I also just think the title in general is interesting. Like, I don't know if it might be um, another song kind of like reminiscent of Unwanted or Nobody's Fool, like kind of a similar theme or idea. And so I just think based on the title, I think that would be a really interesting one to get to hear. And then the the artist that I chose for the collaborations, the first artist that came to mind for me immediately was Alanis Morissette. I just think that was a no-brainer because Avril grew up listening to Alanis. Clearly, like, I think the Jagged Little Pill album was a really big inspiration for her. And she always talked in interviews about, like, how Alanis was a super big inspiration for her because they were both quite, you know, young, young women, young female artists coming out of Canada that kind of had some edge to them. And so I think Alanis Morissette would be a really cool full circle moment to have, especially because a couple years later, they, they did actually end up singing together. And Losing Grip was one of the songs that they sang together. And it, that that is like such a heavy, like Alanis influenced song. So Alanis Morissette was like, duh, you have to have her on on this album. And then I also chose Shania Twain because Shania was another artist that Avril grew up listening to at that time. And of course, there was that infamous story about Avril winning the radio contest and getting to sing on stage with her before she got her own record deal and stuff. So like, gotta have Shania Twain because that's, you know, yet, yet another full circle moment. And and also, I just think too, like there are some country influences, like very subtle country influences, but I think country influences kind of threaded throughout the Let Go album. If you listen really carefully, like complicated mobile tomorrow too much to ask naked like there definitely are some country influences kind of threaded throughout that album so i think shania twain would be a really cool collaborator to have and especially because they they are still friends with each other and kind of have talked about each other over the years and shania also had lyme disease just like avril and avril also participated in that like cma tribute uh where she presented shania with some kind of award last year and saying no one needs to know like in honor of her so they are still on very good terms with each other and have kind of talked about each other over the years so I think like Shania would be another kind of almost no-brainer collaborator to have and then if Avril were to include like a more current artist or like a kind of an up-and-coming artist I think Olivia Rodrigo would be kind of interesting to have because again they did perform together on Olivia's tour um, Olivia brought Avril out to do Complicated one night and you, I, I don't think Olivia is like super inspired by Avril, but definitely you can hear a little bit of the Avril influences, especially on songs like Good For You and just kind of Olivia's general like style of dress. Like she likes to wear plaid skirts and combat boots and stuff. So I think Olivia Rodrigo would be a good and like also too. I mean, the thing that Olivia and Avril have in common is that Olivia released the Sour album when she was about the same age as Avril releasing Let Go. And she had this huge, massive success with this album. And the thing that makes Olivia so popular, you know, it's similar to Avril, like Olivia gained so much popularity with all these young girls because she was just this teenage girl writing very raw, vulnerable, honest songs about what she was going through. So that's incredibly reminiscent of Avril. And so I just think it would be, again, like another kind of full circle moment, but sort of like in the other way, you know, like Avril is kind of getting her heroes on the album and then she's sort of like she's like that but to Olivia and so I, I just think that would be really a cool kind of almost like a passing of the torch sort of moment to have somebody like Olivia be on Avril's first album because Olivia is sort of like I'm not, I'm not going to say that she's like this generation's Avril but I think in a way I think it would be fair to kind of say that and then lastly for Avril's version or what I'm calling Avril's version if she were to either like release the original demo of the songs that she ended up giving to other artists or maybe in the case of like like what Taylor's doing, re-recording them. She already did do Breakaway, which was given to Kelly Clarkson. She already did do that for the Let Go um, 20th Anniversary Edition. So I guess they could tack that on here again. But I would also be inclined to pick Falling Into History, which was given to Brie Larson in 2005. And Avril's version did leak, but it was never officially released. So I think having Avril's version of Falling Into History would be uh, probably the most likely choice. And then moving on to my choices for Under My Skin. So this is a really interesting one to try to come up with options for because we don't actually know a lot of B-sides from this era. This is one of the eras that has been kept 
literally in the vault, like kept very tightly closed because um, I think by this point, you know, because Avril was becoming more famous and her music was more valuable, I think that they were really like closely protecting a lot of this music. So we don't have as much information about B-sides from this era. And I also want to note that there are several co-writes with Evan that you can find on her ASCAP registration page. And it's hard to tell like what album exactly they're for because like it doesn't say a year or anything that they were written. And they worked together on Under My Skin, The Best Damn Thing, and the Goodbye Lullaby albums. So it's like they could really be from any of those albums. So like unless one of them confirmed which which uh, album the songs were for, we don't really have a good idea. So I kind of wanted to avoid picking anything that like it wasn't really sure what era it was for. So the first song that I picked for Under My Skin was the untitled political song that she wrote about the Beltway Snipers attack in 2002. And this is a song that she mentioned in an interview with Rolling Stone in 2004. So again, we don't have a title for it. We don't know who any of the writers are on it. It's not even, I don't think, registered on her uh, ASCAP page, which is really interesting. So, um, but, you know, I talked about this in an episode that I did about the B-sides from her albums like long, long ago. I did an episode about this. So you can um, listen to that episode if you want more information about this song. But basically, she was talking about this song that she wrote uh, to Rolling Stone magazine. She talked about this song that her label said was too political, and that's why it didn't get released. So we only have a little bit of the lyric that she mentioned in the interview. So I think this would be a really interesting one to get to hear, especially now, because sadly, like nothing has really changed much with our culture, especially in the Western culture in the United States. Um, Gun violence is as pervasive as ever, unfortunately. And so I think this song would be eerily relevant. Like, even though the song was written way back in 2002, it was written well over 20 years ago. Um, and it's funny that, like, her label said it was too political to release because I think nowadays, I don't know if labels would be quite as trepid about something like that, um, especially if they thought, you know, it would bring attention and that, it, you know, people would be paying attention to it. So, and as also, I think, um, obviously now, like, you know, I think it makes sense back then why her label was, like, treading pretty pretty carefully, like, especially for only her second album, they wanted to play it safe. They didn't want to, like, rock the boat too much. Um, but I think now if Avril were to to release a song like this now, she has so much more power as an artist. Like, you know, she has made her name. She has her audience. I don't think there's any danger of people. I mean, there, there would certainly be people who probably wouldn't like it, but I don't think she would have to worry about um, like pissing people off or something. Like, I, I think that most people would probably agree with her anyway. And I also think it doesn't really matter at this point in her career. Like she has made her name as an artist. And so I think if she rocked the boat a little bit politically, I don't think it would actually really... I don't think it would hurt her, you know? Um, and like I said, I think it would actually be probably, unfortunately, pretty relevant in in our world even today to have a song like this. So I think this would be a really interesting one if we ever got to hear this song. And then the next song that I picked is one called Not Gonna Run, which is a co-write with Evan. And the reason why I picked it is because it's rumored to have been played before some shows of the Bones tour. I don't know if that's actually true or not. It's just like something that I've, like a rumor that I've heard on the internet for years that people who attended the Bones tour, like, you know how sometimes before shows of a concert, they'll just play a bunch of songs over the sound system. It's never the artist's own song. Like, I, I'm going to talk about this in a different episode. Like, this is just kind of a little aside for this, but they usually don't play the artist's own songs. Like it's usually a playlist that the artist has created themselves, like just of songs that they like, or maybe music that sounds similar to them to kind of just get the audience hyped up for the show. They like never play the artist's own song. And it would have been really weird for Avril to have played not just like one of her own songs, but this unreleased song. Like the song never got leaked. It never got released in any way as like a bonus track or anything. So I don't know like why they would have if they actually did play one of Avril's own songs, why it would have been this unreleased song that was clearly never going to get put out in any format, like on a deluxe edition or anything. But I just think it would be interesting to hear it because, I mean, supposedly people people said that they heard it and that it, that it was her. Um, so I think, you know, if we got to hear it, then these people could confirm, like these people who supposedly heard it could confirm, oh yeah, this is the song that I remember hearing. I honestly kind of just wonder if it might've been a song that sounded like Avril and people were confused or people are just making things up to get, you know, clout or something. Um, but I just think, you know, it's, it's this song that has been rumored kind of going around the fandom for years. Um, this sort of like mythical, not going to run song. I just think, you know, we got to hear it, you know, because people have talked about it for so long. 
The next couple of songs that I picked are Ben Moody co-writes called Fallback and It's Not Over. So we don't know anything about these songs. We just know that Ben Moody is the co-writer. And again, so it seems like they they wrote three at least three songs together for Under My Skin, but only one of them made the final cut of the album, which was Nobody's Home, which is really interesting because Avril actually wrote all of the lyrics to that song. And Ben Moody, I think, just kind of did the guitar part or something like that. I think that's what he wrote. But Nobody's Home is one of the fan favorite songs on that record. So I think it would, I think the fans would be really interested in hearing what else they came up with together. And then there's also a couple of songs she wrote with Johnny Resnick, who's the frontman of the Goo Goo Dolls. And the songs are called Got Me Bad and Long Way Out. And it's really surprising to me that these songs never made the final cut of the album because you would think that they would, considering that's like a big name and Avril's a big Goo Goo Dolls fan. It's kind of interesting that those songs didn't make the cut of the album or didn't even get released in any format, like on a deluxe edition or he never released them, I don't think. So I think getting to hear anything out of those four would be interesting. Like maybe one of the Ben Moody and one of the Johnny Resnick songs. Because if I actually included all four of them, then it would be over the six song limit. So I'd have to kind of like get rid of one of them. I'm just not sure which one because I don't know what they sound like. I can only go based on the titles, but I just wanted to like at least include both Ben Moody titles and both Johnny Resnick titles as possibilities. I think getting to hear like maybe one of each would just kind of bring a different side maybe to the Under My Skin album. The next song that I included is a song called I've Known All My Life, which is a co-write with Evan and Matt Brand. So what's interesting is that Evan and Matt also helped write the song Freak Out, which did make the cut of the album. And I always had a theory, this has never been confirmed, but it's just always been my personal theory that this might have been a song that they wrote while on the Try to Shut Me Up tour together because that's when that's when Matt Brand was around. Matt Brand was Avril's drummer at the time, and obviously Evan was also in her band at the time as well. So I kind of got the sense that maybe they all like just while they were traveling on the tour bus one day or something that they were bored and just decided to write a couple songs together and maybe maybe freak out and I've known all my life like maybe they were similar and so they just chose the better of the two I don't know but I just always think it's really interesting when Avril writes with her band members and stuff and so I've known all my life I kind of wonder if it's a song about like maybe a tribute to her band or like I've known all my life that I would be doing this or something so I just think that it would be really cool to get like really cool and nostalgic to get to hear this one and then the last one that I picked I had to pick Priceless because Evan just confirmed it recently that this was a song for the Under My Skin album like I think presumably we can we can assume because Don't Tell Me was also on that same CD even though Don't Tell Me was written before Complicated was released but basically this would have been like very very early drafts for the Under My Skin album so Evan did confirm that Priceless is a co-write from Under My Skin, and he, according to his own words, he said it's a banger, whatever that means. So I think, like, considering that it was on that demo CD and he himself talked about it and he says it's a banger, I think we, like, definitely have to hear this one. So then when I was trying to think of collaborations for this album, I had a little difficulty thinking of, like, who could work on this album, but one of the ones that I thought of is Amy Lee from Evanescence, because even though Evanescence was a little bit more, like, harder rocking or, like, more gothic kind of than Avril was at the time, they're definitely very, like, under my skinish. You know, like, the Evanescence music in general, like, it's very dark, rock, heavy, gothic, kind of very dark visually, and so I just think, like, you know, Amy Lee, she has like such that operatic kind of voice too. I think, I think Amy Lee would be a really interesting uh, contribution to Under My Skin and especially her and Avril singing together. I think they, I think their voices would probably complement each other really well. When I was trying to think of a more current or a younger artist that would be a good contribution to this album, I did think Billie Eilish because as we know, she's such a huge Avril fan. And what's funny is that Billie does not sound anything like Avril. Like her music is definitely more pop and uh, she does like kind of that whisper singing, like her voice is totally different than Avril's. So I was kind of trying to think like, you know, I know a lot of people have wanted Avril and Billy to collab for a very long time and I kind of thought I guess if there's any album that would make sense for them it would be Under My Skin because Billy has like so much of a darker kind of not just like a darker sound but like her lyrics are quite dark the subject matter that she writes about is darker so I just thought like I guess if there's any album that would make sense for Billy to be on I think Under My Skin would be a good one. And then the only song I think that could be eligible for an Avril's version would be Daydream, which was given to Miranda Cosgrove in 2010. So, of course, this would be our chance to finally get Avril's version, which I know fans have been wanting for a very long time. We do have, like, some portion of Avril's version, like her original 2004 demo of the song. We have the full uh, first verse and chorus and then, like, a very bad a very bad quality 
rendition of the second verse um we don't have anything of like the bridge or anything like that um so i don't know if this would be one like i guess if the demo is existing then they could just release that or avril might have to re-record the whole song from scratch and it, it would sound more like in her current voice but i know ideally people would want to hear the original 2004 version if possible Okay, moving on to The Best Damn Thing, my choices for vault songs from The Best Damn Thing. I first picked Chantal Kreviazok's version of Contagious. So again, I talked about this. I've talked about this, I think, in a couple of different episodes. I talked about it in the B-Sides episode, and I think I also might have talked about it in the episode that was on The Best Damn Thing album. And then I also talked about it in the episode on Avril's feuds and controversies, because this was a contentious song between the two of them. So as we know, there is a song on the actual Best Damn Thing album called Contagious. And then what happened was around that time, Chantal Carviazac, who was a co-writer on the Under My Skin album, had sent Avril a song in 2005 called Contagious. And then when she saw that there was a song called Contagious on the Best Damn Thing and her name wasn't listed, she just assumed that it was the same song and that Avril had taken it without giving her credit, whatever, all, all this drama and stuff. Um, but obviously then she realized they were two different songs and everything. So I just think it would be really interesting, like, you know, because this song has so much like drama and like a story surrounding it. And, you know, I just think it would be re really interesting in general to hear like how different, you know, they're two songs with the same title, but how different really are they? Like, are they severely different songs? And, you know, what's the theme? What's the topic? What are the lyrics like? Um, what is the sound like? Like, I think just considering how much how much uh, to do there was about this song. Like, we kind of have to hear it now. The next song I picked, I don't know if it's actually a cut from the Best Damn Thing album, but I kind of have made an educated guess that it might be. It's a song called I Want to Be a Supermodel, and it's on Avril's ASCAP page, and she's the only writer, I think, on it. And I've just always wondered what the heck is, is this song. Like, uh, I don't know if it was maybe just an instrumental thing that was used in maybe some of Avril's modeling campaigns or like, I'm not really sure. But I do know that Avril was signed as a Ford model in 2006. So it was about this time that she was signed to Ford models. And that's when she was kind of doing her whole like modeling campaign, uh, dressing in like preppier clothes and like more designer stuff. And she kind of revamped her image a little bit at this time. And she was doing this whole modeling thing. And so I kind of have a theory that it could be from this era. I just don't know like what the heck is it about or why did she write it? So if possible, I think we got to hear this one for like the bizarre title alone. The next track that I picked is a song called Twist of Fate. And then it has an alternate title, When Will This Be Over? And this is a co-write with Cara Guardi and Brian Howes. And it was intended to be for a movie of the same name, Twist of Fate, that Avril was set to star in, and then the movie was shelved. And so that's probably why the song never got released. So again, I talked about this song in the B-Sides episode, and then I think I also talked about it in an episode I did about Avril's acting roles. So the whole story behind this is really interesting, because as we know, Avril kind of dipped her toe a little bit into movies over the years. And so the, this movie, Twist of Fate, it was supposed to be this thriller drama that Avril was supposed to star in. And I guess, you know, they also must have said, can you also write the, the like theme song or soundtrack song for it? And uh, then for whatever reason, the movie was shelved. I don't know why. Like, I don't know if it was a funding thing or the studio just decided like they didn't want to proceed with it or something like that. What, for whatever reason, the movie was shelved. It never, I don't even know if it ever got filmed, what alone ever got completed, never got released. And so that's why the song remains unreleased. But I think it's interesting that Cara Guardi is a writer on this because she and Avril worked together on the song Run Away, which did make the album. And then there's, then there's this other Brian Howes guy that was involved so I think it's interesting that her and Kara worked on a few songs together. And I think it would just be interesting to hear the song because it was supposed to go with this movie that never got filmed or released. And then going along with that, there is another song that the three of them wrote together, You Got Me. So I just picked that because I thought it's the same writers. I think it would just be interesting. Like maybe it was also supposed to be for the movie or maybe it's just separate. But I would be interested in hearing that one as well just because it was the same group of writers writing that. And then I also think we have to have a proper release of Won't Let You Go. So again, this has never been strictly confirmed to be from The Best Damn Thing, but it's kind of theorized that it is because it sounds very similar to Keep Holding On, which was written around the same time. It's theorized that it is because it sounds very similar to Keep Holding On, which was written for the Aragon movie. And I think Avril had gone on record at some point saying that she wrote two songs for that movie. So it kind of makes sense that they would be very similar in terms of sound and theme and lyrics and that kind of thing and then they just chose the one that they liked the best and then she decided to tack it on 
to the track list for the Best Damn Thing album. So I don't think Won't Let You Go was like particularly or specifically written for the Best Damn Thing album, but it was written around the same time as the album. And the track did end up leaking. And I know fans have been wanting a proper release of this song for years. So we have to have that from the vault, especially because like with Under My Skin, like I had said, there's not a lot of known B-sides from this era because they kept everything pretty tightly locked. And she worked with a lot of the same collaborators across different albums like Evan Taubenfeld and Butch Walker. They appeared on Under My Skin, The Best Same Thing, and Goodbye Lullaby. So it's hard to tell sometimes like when you just see a title and the co-writer and no year or copyright date or anything, it's hard to t- it's hard to know exactly which album it's for. So I can only make like my best guess based on based on what we do know. So those are kind of just my choices based on the very little information that we do have about like what songs might have been around from around this time. So then for the collaborations, I thought Joan Jett would be really fun because she has like such that that angsty kind of attitude that the Best Damn Thing album has. Like especially if you think about the song Bad Reputation, which coincidentally enough, Avril did actually record her own version of Bad Reputation, which was used for the Best Damn Tour. So around this time, Avril did actually record a cover of a Joan Jett song. And so that maybe that's kind of what made me think of it. But I think Joan Jett would be a really interesting addition to this album as a collaborator because the two of them have this like angsty punk rock girl attitude and kind of bratty and plus I mean Joan Jett was like a like a pop punk artist or like punk rock artist so I think she would fit really well into the like the kind of punky pop rock vibe of the best damn thing and then when I was trying to think of a more current artist that could be on this album I thought of the band Girlfriends which she just recently toured with and not only I think they would fit just because of the sound like because I haven't listened to their music but I'm kind of assuming that they're like a pop punk sort of band just you know that's why she brought them on tour with her but like I just think it's funny because on the on the album there's the song girlfriend that, that's like the flagship song of the album is called girlfriend so I just think that would be kind of a funny like kind of wink wink tongue-in-cheek sort of moment I guess to have and I know some people would have expected me to pick blink to pick blink 182 but the reason that I didn't is because they're kind of more or less already on it because Travis Barker plays drums on a few of the songs and then she later worked with him on love sucks of course and then also had the duet with Mark Hoppus of all I wanted so I didn't want to be redundant and I didn't think it would make sense to pick blink 182 when they basically already kind of worked together so I thought girlfriends would make sense just because it would be kind of a funny little callback to like the fact that there's a song called Girlfriend on the album. Next is Goodbye Lullaby. And I know this is probably like a very high one on people's list to get a vault from because as we know, she started working on the album in about 2009 and she had the album ready to go. And then the the label at the time, like didn't really like where she was going with it. And they wanted to, they wanted her to change some of the songs and make them more pop and more radio friendly. And so um, I'm sure there's a lot of songs sitting on the cutting room floor that never got released that were part of like the original album, so to speak, that we would want to hear. And one of those songs, which is one that I picked for this list, is Fine. And it was a song that was mentioned in a Rolling Stone article from 2009 that was like one of the first articles we ever got about this album. And one of the few pieces of evidence that we have that kind of lets us know what the original album was like before RCA kind of came in and changed things. And they also shared one of the lyrics and stuff. So we don't we don't know a ton about it, but we do know like one lyric from the song. It's like, when I'm having a bad hair day, would you tell me you like it that way? But we otherwise don't know anything about the topic or the sound or anything like that. But the fact that it was basically part of the original album and then it got cut and it was notable enough to be mentioned in this Rolling Stone article, I, I think we definitely have to hear this one. And then another song I picked is Gone, which is another co-write with Evan. And the reason why I picked it is because years and years ago, there was like the supposed instrumental of it that leaked. It's this very epic orchestra arrangement. And to this day, it's not really known if that is actually the true authentic um, instrumental of the song or if it's just something fan made. We'll never really know until we if we ever actually get to hear the song, then we'll know. But if it is the real instrumental, it's such an epic, very beautiful, pretty instrumental that I know like so many fans are dying to get to hear this song. And Evan mentioned it as being one of his favorites. And then I'm I'm really sad that like he mentioned it being one of his favorites and then it actually ended up getting cut. So that must have kind of been a big bummer for him. So it's like, okay, we definitely have to hear this one. Then the next track I picked is Candy, which was a co-write with Alex DeKid and Skylar Gray. So 
This one is kind of funny because this is another one where the instrumental was leaked and we don't really know if it's, again, like if it's the real thing or if it's a fan-made thing, but it does seem to be like the real thing because Avril uploaded a vlog from the studio like one day randomly working with Skylar and Alex and she played a little bit of this song. No lyrics, no vocals, no anything like that, but we did hear a little bit of the instrumental and it sounds exactly like what's in this instrumental that got leaked. So I think people are basically, you know, kind of going along with it, assuming that it's the real thing. So I think just because we've had this instrumental for so many years, and then when Avril played it during her vlog from the studio, she called it like their hit song and she seemed like super happy with it, super proud of it, super eager to share it. And she was like very excited about it. So I think like just for how long we've had this little instrumental thing and you know she was so excited to share it i'm like we we need to hear this and i would be interested to know if it's even really called candy or like if it is what what is it about and like what what are the lyrics and and everything so we we really need to hear this one and then going along with that is complete me which is the other song from this kind of trio of songs where these instrumentals leaked no vocals just the instrumentals and again like we're not really sure if these are 100 100% the real thing or if they're fan made but i think we can kind of assume that they're the real thing and supposedly this song was reworked into the avril lavigne track hello heartache which you know that's like a theory that has been floating around the fandom for quite some time that like the way that hello heartache is registered on her ascap page has the has an alternate title of complete me and then if you sing the lyrics of hello heartache over the instrumental of complete me it does fit so i think that's why people basically assume that so you know it's possible they took the song complete me and reworked it into a song that later made her next album but i still think it would be interesting to hear the original like what the original demo sounded like I just think it would be interesting to hear the original demo of the song, like even if it's more or less the same song. Like I, I would like to hear like what changes got made, if any, like maybe they might have reworked some of the lyrics or re- reworked, you know, a melody here or there just to get it to like fit, I guess, on the next album. So I would just be really interested to hear and compare the two different versions. And then, of course, like, so this is only four songs, so we do have room for a couple of others. But like I said, we don't know too many other songs that were part of this album. But basically for the last two songs, I would say any other songs that were on the original 2009 version of the album, like supposedly there was an original longer version of Black Star and then they shortened it. So it's like, can we get like sort of like how Taylor did this extended version, this 10 minute version of All Too Well. So it was an album track and then there was this 10 minute version of it that originally existed. She cut a lot of the lyrics out of it. So she released this longer kind of extended cut of this song so like yes if there's an original longer version of black star could we hear that and then i know that some people are curious about this song called hello which i have talked about this in a different a previous episode i think it was in the episode that i talked about goodbye lullaby as well as the b-sides episode where i told the full story about this thing about hello but basically it was this song that was featured on the wish you were here cd single and it was advertised as being a new song and then it was like cut from the track list for like with no explanation like people were very confused why was there this why was the cd advertised as having this song and then the song ended up not existing so long story short it was just an error the song never actually existed and it was just like a printing error or something so i was just going to throw that out there because i know some people might be wondering like oh are you going to include hello on this list and no because <laughs> the song doesn't actually exist apparently But certainly any other songs that were part of the original album that had to get cut in favor of those Max Martin songs, that's what I would pick for the last two slots that we have. And then for the collaborations, I thought, you know, either Chris Martin or the band Coldplay would be a great collaboration for this album because she did do the song Fix You on the Black Star Tour. And this album, it's very ethereal. And especially like the song Black Star kind of, you know, like, one of the things about Coldplay is that they like to incorporate like outer space into a lot of their music and their visuals and stuff. So the song Black Star definitely like evokes that kind of imagery. And this album is very ballad heavy, very ballad driven, acoustic, very piano based, um, a lot of very raw vocal performances. And that was kind of like what Avril wanted this album to be was a very, was about the vocal performance and more raw, vulnerable, honest lyrics. And so I just thought like immediately I thought Coldplay would be perfect for this. And then the other person that I thought would be perfect was Adele because again, like Adele has kind of done music like that, especially um, her earlier albums were very ballad driven and all about the vocal performance. And I just think her and Avril, I mean, Avril did a cover of the Hello song, the actual Hello that actually exists. (laughs) Um, Avril did a cover of Hello last year and she sounded phenomenal on it. So I think her and Adele singing together, I mean, they both have like really big 
powerful voices and they, they both have different voices like Adele has a much lower raspy very rich lower register very like a smoky kind of voice and Avril has a very clear crisp high-pitched kind of voice so I think they would complement each other really well if they kind of if they did some kind of duet where they could both like harmonize like if Adele was doing the bottom harmony and Avril was doing the upper harmony or something like that I think their voices could potentially uh, complement each other really well and then for Avril's version, the only song that I think would be eligible for this is Dancing Crazy, which was given to Miranda Cosgrove in 2011. And this was another Max Martin co-write. So basically, it's very similar to the song What the Hell, which did make the cut. I think that's why Dancing Crazy was cut, because they were basically both kind of similar. And it was just like, which one do we think would work better? So having Avril's version of Dancing Crazy would just sort of complete the puzzle a little bit. Okay, moving on to the self-titled album, the first song that I picked is If I Said I Loved You, which is a duet that she did with Chad Kroger. And I know that it leaked pretty recently, but I think having a proper release of it would make sense for something like a vault project. It is a little awkward because this was their wedding song, like for their first dance, and they're not married anymore. So that's probably why, like, I know they they talked about releasing it at some point. And then, of course, once they got divorced, I think that's why it never got released. And it makes sense. And it's a shame that it did leak because, unfortunately, you know, I just think that's, like, not something we were really supposed to hear. It's a, a very personal thing. And, um, you know, it's unfortunate that, like, this was probably something they didn't want out there that did get out there. But, you know, it's out there. What's interesting is that this is the first song I think they actually wrote together because obviously they wrote a bunch of songs together for that album and Let Me Go ended up being another duet between them that actually made the cut of the album. And then this is a song I guess they saved just for them for their wedding song. And they did talk about releasing it properly at some point and then like I said it never happened probably because you know they ended up divorcing and stuff so it would be a little bit awkward for them to release it like from a vault like if to do, if they were to do this like vault project to actually release it now would be like a little odd I guess but um you know, like I said, this is another another album where we don't know exactly a lot of B-sides from this era just because, like, they kept everything so tightly locked. So I just think, like, as long as the song is already kind of out there anyway, why not just release it properly? The next song I picked is a song called A Little Bit of Love. And the reason why I picked this is because Avril mentioned it briefly during a Google Hangout interview that she did. Like when she was, I think the album wasn't out yet, but she was talking about songs that she'd written and she mentioned this title. So it must have been one that like really stuck out to her and then it never made the cut, never got released or even leaked in any way. So I would be interested to hear this one because she mentioned it by name specifically. The next song that I picked is one called there's like a few different titles for it. It's called Secret, My Little Secret, or Our Little Secret. And the reason I picked it is because Chad mentioned it during an interview with People Magazine. Um, I think he I think he said they wrote it about when they were first starting to date and they were trying to keep their relationship under wraps. So I think this would just be kind of an interesting one to get to hear, like to get a little bit of insight into their relationship when it was in its early stages. And like I said, the fact that Chad mentioned it by name specifically, it's just interesting when like her or her collaborators talk about songs as if like they're considering it to be on the album and then it doesn't make the cut, it doesn't get released in any way because it must mean it was very, very close. If they even bothered to mention it or talk about it, it must be one that like they were heavily considering or it was one that just really stuck out to them or that was particularly meaningful to them. And so I always think it's interesting when you when you hear about the songs that like almost made the cut, you know? So that would that's why I would pick this one. And then we know that there is, from her ASCAP page, there's quite a few songs that were tripod songs, as they're called, like between her and Chad Kroger and David Hodges. That was like the main core group um, that Avril called the tripod as like kind of a little joke. Um, they wrote a ton of songs together that you can find the titles of on her on her ASCAP page. And so I basically just tried, tried to pick and choose based on the titles, which ones I thought sounded the most interesting. And so there was a song on there called Time Goes By. We don't know anything about it. I just thought the title sounded interesting. And then there's one that is a co-write between Chad, David Hodges, Jacob Kasher, and Martin Johnson, and then obviously Avril called What Would You Say? And the reason why I picked this one again is just based on the title. Like, I'm kind of curious what it's about. Like, what would you say? What? Like, what would you say if I told you I love you? Like, you know, like, what? what is it about? So I'm just kind of curious based on the title. And then we also know at this time that Avril worked with a duo called The Runners, but no titles are known. And like, we don't know, we don't really know much about her work with them. We just know that I think some of the tracks were more rock leaning and some of the tracks were more hip hop leaning. And then they had said something like she came up with a, the majority of the lyrics and they called her a genius or something. So I would just be really interested in knowing what they came up with together. Unfortunately, like I said, we don't know any song titles. 
so we you know nothing nothing else is known beyond that but i would be interested if like at least one of the runner songs made the cut of the vault and then for collaborations i was trying to think like who would be good for collaborations on this album because this album doesn't really have any set sound or theme or musical direction so it's like who would even make sense like how do you pick an artist when you could like virtually pick anything i guess and plus she already has a couple collaborations on the album itself with chad kroger and marilyn manson so i kind of thought it would be interesting when i was picking or when i was thinking of who to pick i was like what about if you picked artists that were female pop singers just like her who started about the same time as her because by this time you know it was avril's fifth album and it was self-titled and it kind of seemed like at this point she was a little at a little bit of a crossroads in her career where she wasn't really sure like the album is such a mishmash of all of her different sounds over the years and it was almost like she kind of didn't really know like what she wanted to do musically and I know a lot of fans feel this way about this era where they feel almost like as if she was like a caricature of herself in that era it, it just seemed like she was a little bit lost like by by the time you get to your fifth album in your career and the fact that she just named it after herself and like all the tracks are kind of just a mix of different songs that don't really go together. It, it just seemed like there was no direction for this album. And I, I can't really blame her for that happening because I think by the time you get to that point in your career, I mean, she had been in her career for like 10 years at this point. And she had gotten back with L.A. Reid, who worked on her first album with her. I think he was maybe trying to give her some guidance, but maybe the two of them just kind of didn't really know like exactly what to do with her. So I just thought like, you know what I think would actually make sense is like artists who were in that same boat, essentially like female pop artists who had been in the business for just about as long as her, maybe even longer, that were kind of in that same phase of their careers, I guess, if that makes sense. And so I thought Kelly Clarkson and Britney Spears would both be uh, good collaborations for this album. Kelly Clarkson, I mean, like I said, they started about the same time and Kelly kind of delved into pop rock a little bit for a couple albums. So she'd be a fantastic addition, especially because of that breakaway connection that they have. And then Britney Spears, I think, would be a phenomenal collaboration to add to this, especially because this album is very heavily pop. Like, I think it's Avril's most pop record, I think it's fair to say. And obviously, Britney is a bubblegum pop act. And, you know, they were compared to each other very early on in Avril's career. And so I think it would be a really cool kind of like a full circle moment in a way where it's kind of like showing all the people that used to kind of pit them against each other. Like, hey, we, are, we actually don't hate each other and we're friends and we can collaborate on a track together. So I don't know who anybody else would pick, but I thought Kelly Clarkson and Britney Spears would be great additions to this album. And then for an Avril's version, there really aren't any songs that she gave away. I think there was a song that she gave away to this group called Emblem 3. But then I heard like conflicting information about it where it was like it, it was Avril's song, but then they like greatly changed a lot of things about it. And then it really wasn't Avril's song. Like, I don't know. It's kind of confusing. So there really wasn't anything I could pick for an Avril's version. But I did think a remix of Rock and Roll with Pink would be a good choice because that's another rumor that's kind of been floating around for years about this album is that there was supposed to be um, a, a version of the song Rock and Roll with Pink. And then for whatever reason, that never happened. Like, I don't know if, you know, something with contracts or whatever, something like that label stuff probably prevented that from happening. So I don't know if it was, I don't know if she was always supposed to be on the song or if it, there was going to be like two different versions of the song and there was going to be one that was like a remix with Pink or something. I think maybe Pink was like supposed to be on it and that was going to be the only version. I don't know. Obviously, now that we have the solo version of Rock and Roll, it would have to be essentially like a remix. But you know, artists do that all the time where they like release two different versions of the song with different people on it. So like, for example, Ed Sheeran did a version of uh, the song, The Joker and the Queen, and then he released a new version with Taylor Swift as like a featured artist on it. So that was basically going to be my choice for an Avril's version is finally getting this long awaited version of Rock and Roll with Pink. All right, coming up on album six, we have Head Above Water. And this one was a little tricky to find songs to put on the vault because we've gotten a lot of leaks from this album and there's not a lot that we don't already know about. So I said, how about just official releases of Bright, Lights Out, Lucky Ones, and Energy? So these are all songs that have leaked pretty recently. But I, I every time I've talked about these songs, I always thought like, wow, why didn't these make the cut? Especially songs like Bright and Lights Out, I think would have been really good additions to the album. Um, I don't know if she just didn't include them because she didn't really wasn't really involved in writing them or they were maybe too pop or maybe too dark in their subject matter. And she wanted to balance the album out with like more lovey-dovey songs. 
But I know a lot of fans really love these songs and wish that they had been included. And I think that they would be very valuable additions to the album. And, you know, a lot of people, like a big criticism about the Head Above Water album is that like half of it is about Avril's journey with Lyme disease. And then the other half is like love songs. It kind of like, they don't really um, like meld together particularly well. So I think that this would kind of just fill out the story a little bit more if if she kept the storyline more consistent with these songs that are um, about those darker moments. And then another song that we do know about that we've never heard anything else about it, it's a Chad and Travis Clark co-write called Here in Your Arms. And I want to say that this is a song that Avril wrote like sort of related to that night when she thought that she was dying from Lyme disease and her mom was with her and I think her mom was holding her. So I want to say I think the fans have theorized for many years that that might be what this song is about. So again, this would just be a very valuable addition to have to the album. Not that we want to have like a ton of songs about you know, the same thing or like this very difficult thing that she went through. I get that that would be difficult um, for her to do, but also maybe for the fans to hear. But I think at the same time, I think it would be a necessary like part of the narrative to have. Like you don't want to just erase that part of the narrative, like especially because it was so true to her experiences at the time. And I'm like, sure, maybe it's very similar to the song Head Above Water or similar to the song Warrior, like any of the other songs that she wrote about that experience. Maybe she didn't want to have like too many songs that were repetitive and that like repeated the same themes, the same, the same ideas. But I also, you know, like we got to hear the songs, like, because the thing is, what's interesting about the whole idea of having a vault is that as we've seen in the case of Taylor Swift with some of her vault tracks is that they kind of do fill in the gaps a little bit of parts of the story that were cut for whatever reason. And so even if maybe the vault tracks do tend to repeat some themes or ideas that the album itself has, I think it just tells a more complete story of how the album was being made and like where the artist was at like what headspace they were in when they made the album so that you can kind of understand what they were going through and maybe how they determined what songs made the album and which ones they, you know, if they were going to be very picky and choosy with what made the album, um, you can, you can kind of hear like, okay, I get why this, why this song made it over this song, because yes, they are similar, but definitely I agree with them. This song is the stronger of the two. So I just think that having a song like here in your arms, I'm assuming it's something about, you know, the Lyme experience, even if it is similar to Head Above Water or Warrior or It Was In Me or whatever, um, you know, it would just tell like another aspect of the story that maybe we weren't getting. And then for the last song that I picked, I have always wondered if there is a track called Black and White. Like I think for many years, the fans have theorized that there is there might be a song called Black and White or a song that contains a lyric with the theme of Black and White or something. Because during that era like the making of the album she kept posting a lot of black and white pictures on her social media and then I think at one point one of the captions she referenced something to do with black and white and so I think a lot of fans wondered if there might be a song with that title but it's not on her ASCAP anywhere so I don't know any of those songs that she referred to like very early on in the process because I think like Warrior originally had different lyrics too when she wrote this caption once that was like remember there's a warrior inside of you waiting to fight Basically, any of those songs that she referred to very early on, like in captions of her pictures where she, it seemed like they were very like early drafts of some song lyrics that obviously the final version didn't have those lyrics. I think any of those sort of original Lyme disease songs or whatever, like early drafts of these songs would be interesting to hear. And obviously any other songs that she might have written about her experience with Lyme, like I said, It's a little disappointing that like, you know, she talked about the Head Above Water album as being like an album about that experience. And yet only maybe really a few of those songs actually talk about that experience. Like I said, I get why she doesn't want to harp on that topic, not just for her sake, but probably for the fans as well. But at the same time, I think if you're going to write an album about something that was personal to you that you went through and that was a very vulnerable, trying, difficult time, and then then you're going to write about it. Like, we want to hear the story, you know, however however difficult and uncomfortable it might be. I think it's important that we hear, like, the whole story, you know. So I would certainly be interested in hearing any of the other songs that she might have written about her experience with Lyme. And then for collaborations, one of the ones that I chose was BB Rexa because she was kind of an indirect part of the album where she invited Avril to this Women in Harmony music event that she had. And that's how uh, Avril and Lauren Christie actually reunited with each other and ended up working on the Head Above Water album. And then, of course, um, there was this whole thing about how BB wrote this song called In Touch. 
And then people think that maybe that song ended up getting adapted into Souvenir, which did make the album. And then like, I think at one point a fan asked BB, like, are you and Avril working together? And she was like, hmm, maybe or something like that, you know? So I don't know if there, if there were plans for the two of them to work together, or maybe there was something that was going to be done with the In Touch song. And then obviously nothing ever happened with it, or they decided to adapt it into Souvenir, whatever happened. But I do think it's interesting that BB Rexa was kind of an indirect part of this album. Because like I said, both Avril and Lauren Christie attended her event and that's kind of how they reunited with each other. And then they were like, hey, like, let's work together. Um, So kind of without BB, you know, we wouldn't have a lot of the Head Above Water songs, which is kind of interesting to think about. I also chose Lauren Daigle, who, if you are not familiar with her, she is a contemporary Christian artist. So again, like the Head Above Water album has kind of those Christian themes, especially in the song Head Above Water, which was released to Christian radio and did quite well on the charts there. So I thought like Lauren Daigle is a big artist in the CCM world. And so it's like, you know, I think that'd be pretty cool to have her on one of those more like spiritual kind of songs. And then the last person that I chose was Justin Bieber, because I realized I hadn't picked any male artists yet, too, for the collaborators. And I thought Justin Bieber would be interesting because they're both Canadian and Avril's kind of always been sort of like a fan of his in a way, like supporting him and thinking that's cool. He's just like a, you know, a young kid from Canada. And I think he's always liked her, too, and kind of been a fan of hers. And the reason why I picked him, not just because of the Canadian connection, but because he also had Lyme disease as well. And so I think that would be really interesting. I mean, I know Shania Twain also had Lyme disease, but considering that we already picked her for another album, I thought Justin Bieber would be a good one for this one. And they both have that Lyme connection. I I think it would be really powerful and impactful if, like, two big singers, like, two very well-known singers that both had this severe illness sang a song together. That would just be like really such a wow moment. And Justin has done some songs like this on some of his albums too. Like uh, I think he has a song called Life is Worth Living or something something like that title. And uh, the Purpose album, like basically after he had kind of gone through some dark stuff as well. And then he kind of did this uh, sort of like redemption kind of album. It's kind of along the same lines as the Head Above Water album where it's like, you know, coming out of a dark time and uh, sort of having like a redemption arc, I guess. And so that's why I thought he would be a good collaborator for the Head Above Water Vault, especially if it was on one of those songs that's about Lyme disease. Okay, and at long last, we have finally reached our last album, which is Love Sucks. So again, we've already gotten a lot of the tracks from this album leaked, so there's not a ton to really pick from that aren't completely unheard. But I definitely thought we should have an official release of Joker because that I think is still my fa- my top favorite week that we've gotten from Love Socks. Like, I can't believe it didn't make the final cut of the album. I think it's so catchy and just like, I don't know, there's something about it. Every time I hear it, it just gets me like amped up and I just love like the energy and the attitude of it. So I'm like, please, 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 can we have an official release of Joker for streaming? And then I also thought we needed an official release of Teenage Nightmare. So even though it doesn't follow the Love Socks theme at all, and I've had this theory for a while that it, that it might be intended for her upcoming documentary. So it's possible it does have a place for another project somewhere. But it, just in general, I think we need to hear it because it's such a different type of song for her. And the fact that I think she might have even written it by herself. You know, we don't typically get a lot of self-written songs from her. And it just it presents a totally different topic than what she usually talks about. And I think it's like, you know, relatively well written in terms of the lyrics and like just kind of shows what she was going through at the time that she was starting out in music and kind of how she perceived herself in the music industry and how she um, thought of her position and to see like where she is now and see how like all of that paid off and everything. I just think it would be such a cool full circle kind of little moment to have. And then I also think that we should have an official release of Say La Vie because it seems like it might have been intended for the deluxe album at one point because there was that infamous picture of her with the electric guitar and the song titles written all over it and that was written on on the guitar. So I don't know if it was originally intended for the album or possibly for the deluxe track list. And then of course it never made it. So it seems like she was intending to release it in some format to some degree. So I feel like it would just make sense to have that be officially released if that's kind of what she was planning anyway. And then there are a few titles that we know of from this era that have not leaked yet. Dancing with a Hurricane, Take My Breath, and Me, Myself, and I. So because those are basically the remaining ones, I think it makes sense to have those take up the last few slots on the vault track list. I know Dancing with a Hurricane is one that people are particularly like very, very eager, like chomping at the bit to hear because just because of the title, it's a very interesting title. And I know that too, like before she ended up working with John Feldman and Modson, that she had apparently been working on country rock songs and also classic rock songs. So like if any of those are potential contenders for the vault, I think it'd be interesting to get to hear those as well. 
And then for collaborations, it was kind of a little tricky to think of who she could collaborate with because I think it basically have to be pop punk artists, but it can't be people that she's already collaborated with. So I thought maybe Goldfinger. I know that they do have um, a re-recording of a Goldfinger song together here in your bedroom, but to have like a, a song for Avril's album together um, because John Feldman is the producer of this album. So I think it would be really cool to have a Goldfinger collaboration. And then also maybe Simple Plan just because they're another pop punk artist from the same era as Avril and like they did tour together. And then when Avril did that TikTok where she used one of their songs as in a TikTok where she like recreated the Let Go album cover. They were like, hey, like we should tour together soon or something, something along those lines. So I think uh, just having Simple Plan would be kind of like a, another cool full circle moment because like I said, they they came up around the same time and they did go on tour together on Avril's first tour. So that'd be kind of cool, like all these years later for them to do a collaboration together. And then I also think Green Day would be like for a legacy artist, I think having Green Day on the album or on the vault would be cool because, you know, Green Day is a really big influence of Avril and she grew up listening to them. And clearly like you can hear the influences of Green Day on her music. So I'm like, that's a no brainer to include on the vault for like her quintessential pop punk album. And unfortunately, I don't think there's any Avril's versions that we can include for the Head Above Water or Love Sucks albums, just because I don't think she ended up giving any songs to other artists. So there's, I don't think any Avril's versions that would be eligible for these albums. So with that, that is basically all of my choices for, you know, what I would pick if Avril were to do a vault collection. All my choices for each of her seven albums potential collaborators, potential Avril's versions. I'm curious to know what your choices would be. Let me know over on the podcast Instagram page at bestdamnavrilpod, or you can email me at bestdamnavrilpod at yahoo.com. I'm wondering if you think it's possible Avril will ever release some vault tracks or that we may end up hearing some of these on future anniversary editions of her albums. Like I said, it seems like it's possible, hopefully, fingers crossed, that an Under My Skin anniversary edition is in the works. So we'll have to see if that comes true and maybe if they're even going to do it for the best damn thing or possibly in any of her other albums after that or like I said, maybe an EP or some kind of just like unreleased collection maybe one day. But for now, we conclude this episode of the Best Time Avril Levine podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platforms. You can get new episodes directly in your feed. And please take a minute to leave a rating or review to help more fans find the show. We're currently streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Audible. And you can also find me on Instagram at Best Damn Avril Pod to keep up with the latest podcast news. Join me again next time on the Best Damn Avril Levine podcast. The Best Damn Avril Levine podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by Andre DeFrancesco. Theme music is HD and Lights by J Powell Flicks. Follow the latest podcast news on Instagram at Best Damn Avril Pod or email Best Damn Avril Pod at yahoo.com.